Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent bride Kristen Powell about her wedding at Walt Disney World, and I thought you guys would be interested to hear the story of her day and see how it all turned out. So welcome, Kristen. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I'm curious, right off the bat, I always like to know first... How did you guys decide that you wanted to get married at Disney? I'm a huge Disney fan. I was a professional intern at Disney World in 2009 in the uh, ride and show engineering department. Pretty much why I chose my career. So I'm pretty much in love with Disney World. And I'd been looking at Disney wedding stuff. And actually the story that I tell people is I said no to a Disney wedding three times. I actually had looked at information and I had read your book and some of your blog stuff and thought that maybe it wasn't for me and maybe that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. And pretty much my now husband, Kelvin, told me that I was being ridiculous and what I really wanted was a Disney wedding. And that's how we decided. That's interesting. What were the three times you said no? (laughs) I can't remember all of them, but one of them was because it's hard to find information on the Disney website about weddings. So I felt like it would be a cookie cutter wedding, Mm. which of course is not the case at all. But that was my first impression. And I can't remember all of them, but that was pretty much the same thing. And then we had agreed on if we were going to have a small wedding, we would have a big party at home. And that's pretty much what we did. That's interesting. Okay, so then when your friends and family found out, what did they say? They were not surprised at all, at least on my side of the family. We had decided because we had such large extended families that our grandparents, parents, siblings, and aunts and uncles would be invited to the Disney wedding. So we didn't have any cousins invited. My side of the family had no problem with it. They're all Disney lovers. His family didn't fully understand, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so how many guests ended up making the trip? We ended up having 28 in total, including the two of us. Where were people mostly coming from? Philadelphia area and Baltimore area. Oh, that's interesting. Because sometimes you can see a direct pattern. Like if people are in New York, a lot of times they go to Florida all the time and it's easy for them. But if people are in Seattle, they don't make the trip. So that's interesting. Tell me about the locations you chose and why you chose them. We decided, okay, it wasn't we. I I had decided that I wanted to do a Beauty and the Beast themed wedding. I wanted that princess feel. So I was looking for different venues. I wanted something unique. And surprisingly, there's not a lot of that feeling venues that Disney straight up offers. You know, there's ballrooms that you can decorate as much as you wanted, but that wasn't what we were interested in and that wasn't the budget we were looking for. So I decided I wanted an outdoor wedding location. And originally in the package that 
our consultant sent us, there was a picture of the croquet garden. And I think there was something else. And I was looking for pretty much, I said, what I was interested in was any outside wedding location. So she sent us some pictures. She said, oh, we have, you know, we might have another option. They originally sent us the Coronado Springs location, which has an outside location, and the poolside green at the boardwalk, which is where we ended up getting married. We originally were at Coronado Springs because the plan was to have everyone stay at the resort that the wedding was at, but we ended up not being able to have a backup location there. They had a convention, so we couldn't have our location there and got bumped. Interesting. How soon did you find that out? That was our one year out. It actually took a while for them to get answers because they were waiting to see if the convention would give us one of the ballrooms as a backup location. So there wasn't anybody booked in our actual location, but they couldn't book us if there wasn't going to be a backup location in case there was rain. Okay. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with this location, because it's not used a lot, the poolside green is the area around the quiet pool at the Boardwalk Inn. A lot of people get pictures, the stairs and the red sofa, which it's right out the door from there. Got it. Okay. How did you like that location? Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous. It was surprising because there's a pool right there and there were people in their swimsuits and there were hotel rooms right behind where we were. But there's a really pretty fountain and just a grassy area with trees. We didn't have any decorations other than just a table as an altar with a red tablecloth to go with our theme. And it was just gorgeous. That's wonderful. And so then how did you decide on your reception venue? So we ended up with the American Adventure Parlor. I knew that we were going to have a small amount of people. Uh, You know, our invited list was only 50 people and we weren't expecting uh, near that many. And it was going to just be family. So we knew we weren't going to have a DJ or dancing. So I was looking for unique, different locations. And that was an option. And also my family since we're from the Philadelphia area, we actually sing colonial music and do a lot of stuff at Valley Forge and historical Philadelphia. Hmm. So being in a colonial themed parlor was kind of a little thing towards that. And it was just a very different, unique location. That's interesting. Did any of your family members sing at the event? Yes, they did. (laughs) You can't stop them from singing. (laughs) (laughs) We had the Dapper Dan sing at the reception and me and my maid of honor sing barbershop, women's barbershop harmony. So we actually sang with the Dapper Dans during the reception. And then my family got up and we sang some of our songs while everybody was on their break. That's really fun. I hope you got video or something of that. Trinity was there uh, videotaping, so we haven't had our full day yet, but I'm sure that'll be part of it. So can you tell me a little bit about how the timeline ran then? Because when you're having an in-park event, it can be, you know, interesting timing it out if you want to see illuminations. How did that work for you? I had very specific things that I wanted for timeline. I wasn't really flexible with that. I wanted to have a dinner reception. I wanted to have a dessert party. 
because it was very important for me to get the fireworks pictures in our wedding outfits. And also, my husband has Asperger's. So it was very important to have enough time between the ceremony and the reception that was downtime for just the two of us. So I pretty much backtracked from there uh, and told our planner that we were actually going to have a two-hour break between the ceremony and the reception where the bride and groom were going to be missing, which she found a little bit odd, but definitely worked with us. So we had a 2.30 ceremony at the boardwalk. Right after the ceremony, Kelvin and I went up to our room at the boardwalk to have some downtime away from everyone. Our uh, photographers actually took family photos at the boardwalk while we weren't there. So our guests were able to get some professional photos done of themselves. And then they went over to the reception before us and kind of at the cocktail hour, the Dapper Dans were there entertaining them, did their first set. And then we came over and did our grand entrance and had dinner. And that led right into our dessert party. That's wonderful. And where was your dessert party? Our dessert party was supposed to be at Italy Azola West, but it rained. So we stayed in the American Adventure Parlor to eat. And then we went out and took pictures and watched the fireworks because the rain had stopped. Oh, that's wonderful. That worked out. Mm -hmm. So then did you end up having a Beauty and the Beast themed your wedding? Yes, I pretty much decided that that was the theme and fully ran with it, including our engagement photos that we took at Disney World were Disney bound uh, Beauty and the Beast in her blue dress. My bridal shower was themed Beauty and the Beast for Christmas uh, outfit. And then the wedding was Beauty and the Beast. My dress was gold. We had red roses. All of our centerpieces at the reception, we had the rose in the glass dome. We had a clock for Cogsworth and a uh, candelabra for Lumiere. So the whole thing was supposed to be subtle Beauty and the Beast. And I just had fun the whole way through. Our colors were royal blue and gold with red roses. And I just had fun trying to figure out how many little things I could put in that looked like Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's awesome. And so when you were budgeting both your time and your money, it sounds like the theme was pretty important. Were there other aspects that were more important or less important? Pretty much decorations weren't a huge deal for me. One of the things we did is pretty much the only the decorations that I said, the dome, the, the candelabra, and the clock were the only decorations other than some scattered rose petals at the reception we used single roses for the bridesmaids which cut way down on the price i think they were $15 a rose as opposed to 100 some for bouquets for the bridesmaids and my huge thing was i had found this composite bouquet where they actually it looks like one single large rose but what they do is they actually take the petals off of a bunch of different roses and they have to glue each one together so it's a very time consuming expensive bouquet and that's what I wanted I said if I could get it in the budget I wanted that bouquet and I wanted my dessert party because I wanted the picture of me and my gown and him and his tux in front of the fireworks so those were my two definite things anything else kind of was willing to let go if uh, necessary 
And Disney was able to create the composite bouquet? They did an absolutely gorgeous job. That's wonderful. So what ended up being your favorite memory of the wedding day? My favorite memory is probably when we were cutting the cake and Kelvin realized that the cake was the carrot cake that we had tasted. And he turns to me and says, don't screw this up. This is good cake. Right, right <laughs> as I was going <laughs> to feed him the cake. So that's probably, I said, I think I'm going to remember that moment till the day I die. Just <laughs> that was what he was most concerned about was that it was good cake. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so then was there anything that went wrong or maybe just didn't turn out like you expected? We did have very slight things go wrong. Uh, we were supposed to have a hand fasting during our ceremony. So that was our vows. And uh, the hand fasting cord actually was not put on the altar. I found out later from our planner that it had been wrapped in tissue paper. And when somebody went by to clean up the table before the wedding, they picked it up. So my very quick thinking maid of honor actually ended up taking a uh, ribbon off one of the decorative roses up at the altar and took that off to tie our hands because we're ready to get ready to do the hand fasting. And on another side note, my aunt was doing the uh, officiating. She's an ordained minister and she's blind. So there was no way to tell her that we did not have the hand fasting cord. (laughs) So it did great. It was a, you know, it was a fun story now. So we, but yeah, we never were able to use the hand fasting cord because that was left there. And we had apparently a torrential downpour the morning of the wedding, right before our wedding. And somehow they hid this fact from me. <laughs> wow, they're good. <laughs> I was in a room at the boardwalk with full windows, getting hair and makeup. And apparently it downpoured and the only way I knew was that they come over and Rachel from 13th moon photography came over and was walking me through how we were doing the first look and how I was going to stand at the top of the steps and he'd be at the bottom of the steps and we were talking everything through and I finished getting ready and they said okay we're ready to go do the first look he's ready on the second floor And I said, oh, I thought we were going to do this outside. And she goes, oh, there might be a little bit of precipitation. (laughs) Understatement of the year, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, apparently I didn't find out till very later that the groomsmen and my father were downstairs staring at the rain and looking at their phones and watching the radar go because it was torrential downpour. (laughs) But what's so great is that both of these incidents were saved by quick thinking you know your maid of honor or bridesmaid deserves a medal and uh, disney managed to keep the downpour from you (laughs) exactly it was great was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and turned out not to be i don't really think so i was a little concerned about guests wandering through having such a big open venue that they really can't control if someone wants to go to the pool you know that sort of thing And I was a little concerned about the weather, which didn't worry about it at all. But that was sort of, you know, normal bride things, worry about stupid stuff. And nobody wandered through your ceremony, I take it. And nobody wandered through the ceremony. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? 
Well, I pretty much loved everything. I did miss one of the wedding pictures that I really wanted. I actually never got a picture on the red sofa that everybody gets. No, you were right there. I know. I literally walked past it multiple times and completely uh, missed thinking about it until later. The big thing that my mother will bring up all the time is that in the parlor, we actually, so the, the American Adventure Parlor has two rooms. There's the parlor and then there's the dining room. So we did our cocktail hour and the cake cutting and the first dance in the parlor and then the dinner in the dining room. I pretty much ended up cutting all of the tables and chairs because I wanted it to feel like a parlor. So they used the furniture that was in there. Well, there wasn't actually enough seats for everyone. So because we were in there for so long, there's pictures of us sitting on the stairs. There's pictures of me sitting on the floor. I had no problem with it. My mother thinks that other people had problems with it. So I probably would change that. (laughs) Well, if that's the only story from your wedding, you're doing pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) So then do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms? I would say do a lot of research. I went into my planning session very, very well prepared. I made a full PowerPoint, which I got made fun of for months that I made a PowerPoint with all of my pictures. But I got exactly what I wanted from Disney and from everyone they knew they knew what I wanted and what I expected I went in knowing what I wanted to ask for I was not surprised when I got the BEO my dad and I actually estimated and I think we came in $200 above what the first BEO was with our estimates so we were exactly on our budget and then could just save money from there so looking at other brides BEOs and seeing about what the price was and shopping around and being willing to know what was important and what wasn't pretty much gave us right where we wanted our budget to be. That's wonderful. Is there any place online where listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? Right now it's just Facebook. Our wedding website that I chose actually expires and you have to continue to pay to keep it up. So that will not be up for very much longer. (laughs) Well, Kristen, this has been really helpful and informative, and I appreciate your taking the time to share all the details of your day to help other Disney brides and grooms. Mm -hmm, No problem. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's fairy tale weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com/weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. <laughs>